0: So 18. Dun, dun. Episode 18! Episode 18! You know what I mean? Okay, we have a special guest host today. None other than the person that helped to raise me, the person that I was in the womb for nine months. <laughs> My mother, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Welcome to the show mom thank you thank you thank you thank you glad to be on the show today um the, the name of the show is Goodnight Harlem in case you haven't already listened uh, this is a special mom edition me and her right now are doing our African tour we went from Egypt to Kenya and now we are in South Africa Uh, recording this Uh, i can't wait to put this out because i feel like there's going to be a lot of content here that uh goes over some of what happened in the trip as well as giving context into my mom's thoughts but first we start with hyper good night as we always do and for those who don't know what hyper good night is uh we hype things that we like we good night things that we do not like and so we are going to start the show with our first hyper good night topic over the course of the past uh, week or so, we've heard a lot of Donald Trump news, and you guys know we don't like to cover Donald Trump on the show. However, uh, today's hyper goodnight starts with, are you hyper goodnight to Donald Trump going after LeVar Ball for being dismissive of getting his son out of a Chinese prison sentence? Mom, I start with you, hyper good night.
1: Hyper, I would say.
0: Hyper, okay. <laughs> Why well, are you hyped for it?
1: i'm hyper because it's the simple fact he thinks that the dad needs to say thank you and the mm-hmm. son already said thank you did he ask the rest of the fathers to say thank you
0: so you're wait are you are you hyping this because hyping it means you're for it or are you oh, good night oh, okay, so in it
1: i'm good night in it then okay so you're
0: good night he's wrong okay <laughs> well why is he why is he wrong though
1: Well, if he's going to ask one father, I think he should ask all the fathers. It wasn't anything in news that said he asked all the fathers to thank him for getting their sons out. The sons already thanked him. So I think that was best said and done.
0: All right. Well, my opinion, I am actually hyped for this. I am genuinely hyped for this. I want more of this. Uh, Donald Trump is a wrestler, in my opinion. He has the personality and the characteristics of a wrestler. He is Hulk Hogan. He is Macho Man Randy Savage. He is The Rock to me. That's all he does is get on a mic and say a whole bunch of frivolous things that don't mean anything. And LeVar Ball is the same exact person, but a black man that's raised three black boys. I want more of this. I want more of them arguing. I wanna see more of this all the time. I don't even care of the fact that LeVar dismissed him. I enjoy the fact that LeVar dismissed him. On the flip side, I also also enjoy the fact that Trump's like, well, actually, if I didn't do this, your son would probably be be in jail for up to 10 years. I love all of it, so continue to go. So I'm hyped for it. You're goodnighting it saying that he shouldn't be doing this, and I'm saying do more of this. Just say a whole bunch of stupid stuff, and I'm all for it. That's it. All right, next topic. Chrissette Michelle releases a song called Black Lives Matter. And as you guys all know, Chrissette Michelle has had her ups and downs with the black community since she actually performed at Donald Trump's uh, inauguration. Uh, Mom, you've heard the song. I've heard the song. So my question to you would be, are you hyper goodnight to Chrisette Michelle's Black Lives Matter song?
1: I'm hyper. I'm hyped on it. You liked it? I liked the song.
0: Okay, why did you like it?
1: I think she was trying to make a point. Her feelings about the world and what needs to be done in the world with how we've been treated over time. So she's just saying we're all the same, we have the same blood, we love. So we're all one, we're just different race, skin color. But at the end of the day, God made us all the same. So we should all get along. That's basically what she's trying to say into the song.
0: That's really sweet of you. My opinion is good night. Good night to this whole thing. Yeah, Chris said, Michelle, you made a song. It is boring. I almost fell asleep during it. And then on top of the fact that I almost fell asleep on it, I know you're only doing it because you're trying to save your career after you made a very bad decision by actually going to Donald Trump's inauguration and performing. People have already dismissed you as being kind of the Uncle Tom character, and this disagree. just further furthers your Uncle Tom character of redemption I by creating a All Lives Matter slash Black Lives Matter song. I disagree well, okay what do you disagree with about that
1: she sung at his inauguration they're mad they're upset Mm-hmm. you know but we all have to do what we have to do pretend she didn't have career. to do that she didn't have to but no she, she didn't wanted to. a whole
0: bunch of people turned it down
1: i know they did
0: so again but
1: sometimes you got to make the choice for yourself whatever situation you're in at that time so you make a Conscious decision, and that was her decision she made. Uh huh. And her so, fans have
0: made a conscious decision not to purchase her music anymore, not to show up to her concert.
1: Well, I'm sure it's gonna all happen for a little bit, but it'll get itself back started again because people do that all the time. When somebody does something wrong, then they diss them. Then all of a sudden they come back into the limelight, then they all with them.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna sip tea to this and just say I disagree with you on that. And that's fine. All right, moving along to our last hyper good night moment. Uh, Everybody's been talking about the Meek Mill situations over the past, I wanna say week and a half, two weeks, and of course I've been out of the country, so I been, haven't been have been able to put a voice to that. Uh, but a lot of people are saying free Meek, free Meek, free Meek, and a lot of celebrities have gotten into this and et cetera. So the question of the day is hyper good night to Meek Mill being sentenced to two years in jail. Mom, you start this off. I can get into uh, the the back and forth as to why this happened. Do you want me to do that before you hyper goodnight? Do you want me to give a little bit more context for the people?
1: Yes. I'll
0: give the context, I'll give the context, just to be fair. So Meek Mill was in the news as I was saying because he's actually been on probation since he was 21 years of age. And he, got, he was on probation for seven gun and drug charges. He was sentenced to 11 to 23 months in a county prison Uh, And then from there, uh, he was given a lesser sentence because the judge believed that he he should not only go uh, obtain his GED, but pursue his rap career. Then he violated probation a total of five times after that, and here is how that went. He tested positive for marijuana and opiate use, and then he tested positive again for opiate use, and then he failed to attend a drug test, then he left the county twice under restrictions that he wasn't supposed to leave a certain area, and then he didn't report to his probation officer while traveling outside of his probation area, and submitted a sample of water instead of urine for a drug test. And then the final straw was he was caught on a dirt bike in NYC while getting into an altercation in an airport with another person. Um, he's now being sentenced to two years in jail by that judge. Hype or good night to him being sentenced to two years.
1: Hype or good night. So which? And my reason
0: why. What? Wait, which one is it? Hype or good night? Are goodnight. you for Are you? Oh, so you're good night in it. Okay. You're saying you're against it. Why are you against it?
1: I'm against it because he evidently was on pro- parole or probation for a longer period of time. Yeah, by, like 10. seven years. No, it's been 10 now. It's 10 years. 10. Usually people don't get but about two, two years of probation. So that's a little bit strenuous. And then you're going to tack along everything that he did in all those 10 years. So to me, that's a little bit much. You went over the top, Judge.
0: But in fairness, but in fairness, if you got seven counts of anything, I don't care if it's just drugs or guns or whatever, you got seven counts. Like, she could have threw the book at him. The first time. When he was 21. Because he, he got True. accused of all this from, this from him being 19. She could have threw the book at him. She could have, but she didn't. True. True. But you're saying the probation then If you're not going to give it then Then why is the probation so long Like why is it so long drawn out Is yes. that the issue you have with Yes. But you, you've I worked have. with prisoners before yeah. And when they're given a probation sentence Are you saying the probation sentence only lasts Two it years It doesn't mm-hmm.
1: last like 10 years That might last like You might be on probation for like Probably like 3 to 5 or something like that But 10 No
0: Okay. Well, my opinion is uh, I am, I'm going to hype night this. I'm going to say I'm hype and I'm good night in this. I'm never going to be completely hype about somebody going to uh, jail because I think that's just some stupid stuff to be hype about. But I'll say this much. Uh, in order for anybody to get beyond themselves and stop habitually breaking the rules that are put in place, I think you have to go through a little bit of turbulence, a little bit of it. And I'm not saying that this is the way that it had to go, but I mean, with all of those failures, bro, you, you can't test twice for drug usage. I don't care if you're a rapper or not. You also can't go outside of your prohibited area and then give her a, a water urine sample. I can't, What are you doing? And then you get caught on a dirt bike. I don't know how I'm going to be like, oh, meek, let free meek, let meek go. Like, I don't understand.
1: Well, I can agree to some, but the others dealing with him, dealing with his work situation, he is a rapper. He would have to go out that zone. I know. I get it. So, you know, that's part of his job. He's got to make his money. But I can understand on your take on it pertaining to the dirty urine and a dirt bike. I can agree with that. But I still think that his sentencing for probation and parole was a little bit long. And I don't think he would have been in all these kind of situations that he is in tonight at this point.
0: All right. It could've been
1: in a whole nother different direction. But when you're putting somebody on a spot like that, it's hard for them to stay focused and saying, Okay, I got I'm on this stretch with ten years of being on this parole probation sentence that she gave me. That's gonna be kinda hard for anybody
0: all right fair enough that is our hyper good nights for this week now we get into our main topics mom we're going to tackle two different topics here uh one is going to be the trip the other is going to be relationships i can't wait to talk to you about both of these topics uh this is going to be fun so first question for you mom really in relation to africa and i hope you've been enjoying this because it's been like this uh this mother-son trip thing that we're doing what have you learned so far on the trip is gotta be my first question. Cause I know we've been a lot of places. We've been to Egypt, we've been to Kenya, we've been to South Africa now. So what do you feel like you've learned?
1: I've learned more history than what I actually thought I knew. So it was like a whole culture shock, things that wasn't really taught when I was in high school. It's a little bit more in depth. Right that they give you more information about it, more so than what we've read. And also, the scenery and the uh, culture of how everybody lived is so different than how we do in the U.S. What,
0: what are what are some of those things that you can kind of point to where you're like, this is just completely different from what I'm accustomed to?
1: There are a whole lot, I say, comfortable in... Um, thankful for what they have even if it's small so like if it's it's a
0: small space they're happy with they're
1: happy with what they have and uh, so i've learned to be thankful for what i have and not to complain
0: well what about uh anything relationship wise with them did you see any differences between any of that stuff between what we have where we're at versus here
1: i would say they're more friendlier here more nicer it's the only uh, theme was just
0: a. I don't. I wouldn't uh, say that they're nicer. It depends on where you at. Cause we was in South Africa and we met a rude lady. Out of one. I'm just saying she was. I rude. mean,
1: it's gonna be anywhere you go. You are gonna have somebody that's gonna be well, rude. I don't know. She and was You can't just blame rude. that I, one person for everybody else that's in that country.
0: I don't know her life. All right. So you you were fine. Nothing there. You that that was it.
1: No, it was just a lot. It was just a learning experience for me. I mean, I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, The experience in going to each one of those places, I learned something different about everything that they do, but I just enjoyed myself and embraced it. It was just a relaxing moment for me and relaxing with my son. So I had such a wonderful, great time.
0: So, okay. In Egypt specifically, what thing stood out to you when you were there in general?
1: It was... Dusty, really <laughs> dusty clout. It's like a cloud over there, and it's like congested traffic, and Ooh. people don't have a clue.
0: Let me tell you, my mom was a soldier about that, though. So she just brought up the traffic. In terms of the traffic over there, uh, it doesn't matter what road you're on. It's always super congested, and the problem with it being super congested is people are are coming around the corner as quickly as you would be coming if you were racing. And you can't come around a corner really quickly if there's nothing but congestion in front of you. So, therefore, if you have to cross a street, you never know if somebody's gonna try to break your neck because you have to jaywalk almost everywhere. There's not True. they don't necessarily have sidewalks, really. So you you're just jaywalking almost everywhere you're at. And Absolutely. so my mom was all in on the jaywalking and would just completely walk beyond me whenever we were anywhere because she just didn't care. She was like, you know what? We're gonna get where we gotta go. True. And she'd be gone. And leave me in my dust, which is really funny because I'm the one who's a speed walker, but not when we're in Egypt. My mom was a speed walker and turned into the native New Yorker while we were there, which was really weird to see. Um, on the flip side, um, we did we did get it we did get to do a couple of things in Egypt that I thought were, were awesome. We went to the Sphinx together. We saw the Great Pyramids together, and it was the first time my mom was a little bit out of her comfort zone where. You got on a camel, and you actually rode the camel through the <laughs> Great Pyramids. Now, my mom mm-hmm. is a tad bit afraid of heights. So when the camel raised itself, mom, can you tell me what was going through your mind when the camel stood up? What was in your mind? Were you, were you just about to scream?
1: I thought I was going to fall to the ground. But you weren't going to Break fall. my legs. But, <laughs> but that you, was the most scariest moment right there.
0: But you weren't going to fall.
1: But you weren't going to fall. The camel is not a steady creature. It's not steady.
0: Okay. Not. Okay. Fair enough. So while you were doing it, though, what had you scared? Because essentially, it's you end up having to have the guide get on the camel with you to ride. What sh- had you shook?
1: I couldn't go with the flow of the camel. I mean, you know, the camel move kind of funny. So you just have to go with the camel walk. And i couldn't get with the camel walking so it kind of felt like i was gonna fall off
0: i really love the fact that you just brought this up tell them what you said to the instructor when he got on the back of the camel with you go ahead and tell them do you remember what you said
1: i said a lot of things no
0: no he's up against you and then there's the motion of the camel that's rocking back and forth my mom in the process oh, what did I you say did, mom? this
1: is like a sexual moment
0: i'm dead 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 and it i
1: was.
0: i died on the inside it was. i died on the outside you can bury me and put me in captivity um
1: <laughs> i was holding on tight to the guy he oh god kind
0: of sexy too oh that's not true that is not accurate all right but i'm gonna let my mom have that okay so Mom, you also commented on the way this man smells. You also commented on the way...
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I think the cultures that we're in, the different places that we went, um, they don't really use deodorant. They're, most of the time, they're all musty, whether it's a male or female. So it is a different kind of stench that you really don't want to have to deal with, but you have to deal with Ooh. on a daily. Every time you... around them which that is every day
0: (laughs) okay okay all right that's fair um I want to say one of the things that I learned on the flip side uh, we were when we were in Egypt specifically we our drivers and our guides they were all Muslims all of them everybody was Muslim Um, and getting to meet them one of the things that they brought up was the reason why the women were uh, the head wraps. Um, and a part of that goes into a lot of patriarchy, basically. Um, basically, the men saying, hey, we don't want our wives to be looked at by other men. We don't want other men lusting after our wives, our girlfriends, or whatever. Or we're going to have to have a fight. So if she's wearing her scarf or she's wearing the overall uh, robe and a guy approaches her or looks at her in a lustful way, it will be an altercation on sight. That's true. Which, to me, again, is males trying to control something that they shouldn't. So you don't own that woman. But who am I to tell you, based on your religious belief, that that's right or wrong? I just don't believe any, any guy owns any woman. And I feel like that's a sense of ownership that men need to have. For whatever reason, religious-wise, the other thing that they had brought up was, and this this shocked both me and my mom. I think we both were kind of floored by this. And I, I, the way that he said it so casually. So we were talking about his age, and he brought up the fact that he was 32, and I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit older than you. And then um, I was asking him about marriage and all of this stuff, and then he's like, oh yeah, I have a wife. And I was like, oh, when did you meet your wife? And how did you know she was the one? That kind of thing. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've been married since I was 15. True. I said, you you what? Yeah, we were shocked. So yeah. she was also 15. And actually, he wasn't 15. He was a little bit older than that. But she was 15. and I think he was, think 21, he was 21, 21, actually. 21. I'm looking at him like, where they do that at? And then I thought about it. They do that in They do that in Egypt. They do that in Egypt, that's where they do that at.
1: They do that in lots of different countries, not just Egypt.
0: So my mom looked at me, I looked at my mom, and he said that, we both just went, you what? You did a who? Okay, and you wanna, you wanna pedophile, okay, pedophile it up, In the United right. States, they wouldn't do that. You know? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So on top of the fact that he openly admitted that <laughs> they had a relationship that in the States would be illegal, um, he also talked about how in Muslim culture over there you can have up to four wives
1: true
0: um, but you need to be able to support all four wives and all four wives need to be comfortable with that yes um, he even turns to me he's like wouldn't you want to be able to have four wives I'm like no that sounds like a lot of work and it sounds like a lot of baggage and it sounds like a lot of me trying to comfort a whole bunch of people that I don't want to have to comfort but he made the point of if the first woman you're with, can't have boys and you want to pass on your name What are you supposed to do you just stay with her Yes, you do you stay with her You figure it out he
1: said no. <laughs> He's
0: like no you go to the next one And then that's when If you can have uh, boys with them That other woman has to be able to accept that And if she can't then you wouldn't actually Marry that other woman But the, the your first wife has to be Comfortable with you doing that you actually have to have that Conversation I didn't know you even had to have a conversation I just assumed you can just have four wives Because that's the way they was rolling it
1: had, it had. It's a process. The woman have to be okay with a lot of things before he can do those things that he wants to do.
0: Right. So I said all that to say. Um, at first, he told my mom like, "Oh yeah, I just have one wife." And then, but, like, within a few hours of that, he was just talking to me directly. He goes, "No, I have two wives." I was like, "You what? You have two? How do you do that?" So he has he has four sons. I believe he has one daughter. And I went. I'm assuming the second one gave you all the daughters. All the daughters, I I just was shocked by that whole thing, um, and that was one of the few moments where I was like, "Wow, this is different. This is different by a mile." Um, the only other thing that I think was a little shocking was that uh, our guy specifically wanted to go to Texas, and he's a Muslim man. I explained to him, I don't think Texas is the place you would want to go as a Muslim man, and you bring your wife with you, and she's wearing the head wrap. I just can't see that going well for you. He's like, well, why? And I was like, well, not only is colorism a thing in the United States, but racism is high and also uh, religious, uh, anti-Muslim uh, themes are all over the place, specifically in the South. And Texas is the hotbed for a lot of that anti-Muslim rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I watch it on TV all the time. Texas can't be like that. We're like, uh. Some parts of Texas it is. <sighs> I can only sip tea to that brother let's 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 move right into this well i still wanted to touch on kenya before we moved along and kenya kenya was a little bit more expensive than both of us expected
1: yes it was
0: very much (laughs) but what did you think about uh, kenya as a whole while you were there
1: it's a beautiful country it also has some areas in it that is um, you have the rich area, you have the poor area, but you have more poor area than you do rich areas. So uh, the language barrier was somewhat hard sometimes, congested to a little bit in the traffic. And they also have a little dust. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a key thing. My mom is not a fan of any of the dust clouds or any of the... They run the stoplights. Woo! Stoplights are not necessarily uh, made to stop at, apparently, while we were there. Um, Okay, so while we were in Kenya, we did a lot of different things. Uh, We went on a... Safaris. (laughs) Yes, we we did that. We we got to feed giraffes. Uh, we got to. I want. I am gonna say mingle with elephants basically because yes, they were all we over did. the place. We did
1: do mingle with baby elephants,
0: which is awesome to watch. Yes. Um. And then of course we we went to uh, Hell's Gate. Um. And we rode bikes through there, which was basically like a mini Jurassic Park situation where you could actually be with the animals riding through. Um, there's a larger story there. Um, but uh the last part I wanted to ask you about Kenya in general, uh in terms of your overall experience though, did you feel like the people were warm to you? Um what did you what kind of vibe did you get?
1: I say yeah, half and half. I said some was warm and some were, you know, cause it was a language barrier. So when you feel you feel like you're you're the outsider because you're in another country, so It does make you feel uncomfortable just a little bit because, you know, they don't understand what you're trying to say and you don't understand what they're trying to say. So we have to try to get an understanding. And so it makes it kind of hard. So you do get the people that were kind of rude and you do get the people that were really, really, really nice. So but you get that everywhere.
0: I just want to say, you Uber everywhere. Uber everywhere. You can Uber at any of these places. You can can Uber Uber in Egypt. You can Uber in Kenya. Each country
1: telling you no, (laughs) Uber is bad, but they're wrong.
0: Uber everywhere. Um, All right, let's move on to the last part of the Africa conversation. I specifically wanted to know what was your low moment and what was your high moment. So, what was the lowest moment for you so far, Mom?
1: Lowest moment. They have no regular bathrooms or tissue in them. Oh, yeah. That was a low for me. That was a culture shock. I felt like I was in 1966. Wait. That was terrible. No hand sanitizer, nothing to clean with, nothing. Did I say nothing? Sorry. that was That was really, really bad for me. That was a low.
0: So not one so in the bathrooms though there was almost everywhere we went I know you were angry whenever you came out of a bathroom specifically when we were in Saudi Arabia too outside of Africa we we had to we had to lay over there and you freaked For
1: eleven hours did I say eleven hours <laughs> this was the dirtiest bathroom I've ever seen in my life they did not clean it I even got into it with the people because I went to that bathroom it had. Pee all over the walls, in the toilet, in the floor, in poop in there, didn't flush it, didn't nothing, no toilet tissue, no nothing, no hand sanitizer, no nothing. So I just politely came out and told them, fix it
0: you did I not did. politely do not say you politely that, that, did that, that was she was okay to me okay ladies and like. my mom did not politely tell these people this was aggressive black mom uh, 2.0 it was um can somebody come in there and clean this because uh how are we supposed to use that in there? and the guy didn't even know what she was talking about at first and he looked around like what and,
1: and that's she on was the like
0: camera. she 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 really did say like, come here And she wanted to show him the physical poop that was sitting in the toilet because
1: all over the floor and the walls and the toilet and no toilet paper no hand sanitizer you ain't trying to deal with none of that no oh okay
0: yep that that's my mom ladies and gentlemen all right what was the high moment for you so far
1: the high moment for me was I was on a journey with my son and I'm enjoying myself. Oh,
0: look, look at, that's the mama thing to say right there. That is mama that 101 is, right there.
1: That is the high for me.
0: All right, let me, I'll put this question back on me really quickly. Low and highs. Uh, uh, for me, the high is being able to actually show my mom things that she wouldn't have not ever seen before, as well as give her experiences Thank that you. go beyond her day to day. So I love the fact that she was able to do that, of course, and do that with me, of course. Uh, the low for me, oh man, I would say the low so far, just to be to be blatantly honest, I think I had expectations of Kenya specifically that just weren't met so far. That was my my down right now is Kenya. Not that the overall trip was bad, but I thought Kenya was gonna be something more than what it was. And this, the, the the discrepancy between rich to poor bothered me a lot. It yeah. really did. There's really no middle class, and I I didn't want to see that part of it. I think that was what was disappointing for me.
1: And that's yeah, that's true. It, it was more poor than rich, and and it really was. It
0: wasn't a middle at all. All right, so. Let's get to the relationship topics. I, can't, I couldn't wait to get to this with you because I feel like this is a good time for you to be able to, to express some of your thoughts on this stuff. So uh, according to a recent story in the Huffington Post, single women supposedly are happier than men while being single. Now, me and my mom, we both read through this article and we both know kind of a little bit of the jargon on it. But mom, I'll start with you on this. What is your thoughts behind that? Do you think single women are happier or is this article just kind of a bunch of stats put together to make an argument? Like, what's your take?
1: I think it's not a bunch of stats just to make an argument because I am a single person at this time. I'm 51 and I'm happy and I'm proud. And wow. and relationships are a lot of work. It is, takes a lot of time and requirement and you are doing your Best every day because you care about that person, it's a lot of work. But it doesn't have to be a lot
0: of work. And I know these women in this study (laughs) did say it was a lot of work. They did. This is coming from me. (sighs) Okay. I've dated. Yes, you have. Yes. So yes, I've have.
1: dated. You know, I, I've been divorced for nine years and I've dated. So, yes, it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of taking your time and doing stuff for that person, doing stuff with that person. Uh, maybe y'all don't live close to by each other. Then you have to travel and stuff. And then you got to, you know, fix dinner, go out, entertain each other. It's a lot of work. And then you have to try to uh, compromise and get along with each other. And. Agree to disagree, you know, it's a lot of work. So sometimes you can focus on yourself a whole lot better and do things and get to where you need to be in your own life. And, you know, you don't have time for that. So um,
0: one of the things that the article pointed out is that people who had been in a previous committed long term relationship or have been married previously were more confident in doing things solo, like solo activities such as the movies or eating alone at a restaurant. And when me and you kind of touched on that, when we had a conversation before the show You would even admit it. You're like, yeah, that wouldn't be hard for me right now. And I do that occasionally. Like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. And that also plays into, like, the overall statistics behind this. Because if you are a certain age, I think there is this thought that people are just like, oh, well, then you would want to be doing this with somebody else. But in your case, you're like, I don't need any of that. It's just more stress. Like, I need to then find out what movie you want to see. Is this time right for you? I get it. I get yeah. it. I, I never so thought about it that way. But you want to
1: go see something and they want to go see something different. Not, your thought patterns are so different in what you want to do, what you want to see, what you want to eat, all that. So, you know, you have to compromise It's a give and take. And if that person or if you're not willing to give and take and compromise, it becomes a lot of work. You know, somebody's going to get frustrated. One's doing too much. The other's doing less. It just becomes stressful and tiresome. So no, I what? just think of it like this. I enjoy doing things by myself. I enjoy doing things with others. I enjoy doing things with my guy friends, but I also enjoy going to the movies, doing stuff by myself, bowling, whatever I want to do, bike riding. I enjoy that, reading my books, whatever I do.
0: So one of the things that they pointed out, and I, I think I already knew this, but it was it was harder for me to go, oh, okay, that was more of an aha moment. It was when they brought up that there was more evidence that women spend longer uh, time a longer period of time doing domestic tasks than men do uh, and they think of themselves as doing more of the emotional heavy lifting in a relationship and so by doing so not only am I doing housework, cooking and the emotional labor but I'm also holding a job so it feels like three different jobs is basically what the article is saying and I feel like that's unfortunate if you're not getting at least the emotional support from your partner and then on the flip side you don't feel like your partner can back you up in the house, that that sounds like you've just been dating inadequate people. That's what that sounds like to me. But maybe I'm off.
1: You can be dating inadequate people, but you also can be dating people that you know you have to voice what you want from them. But if they can't give it, then you, just, then you have to let it go because sometimes you know you are doing easier a little said bit than more. Done. It's easier said than done, and sometimes you are doing more, even if you voice it and they don't do it you know because some women do voice it and it doesn't happen yeah that's you know and i've been in that predicament (laughs) so you you are doing a whole lot more than what you think you should be doing because you are voicing it but sometimes some women hold back and don't voice it and think that that man should know that you need to pick up the slack but they can't read your mind so voice it
0: i can tell you right now this is the reason why i am the way that i am because i was raised by this woman. Uh, she is hardcore on everybody being responsible for doing what they're supposed to do in the house so any woman that has ever dated me knows exactly how I am about all of that Uh, and shout out to Cheta Bay okay next up there's our next question I'm really really looking forward to where you go with this mom I just I laughed at us talking about it and I'm impartial to it so Is there a such thing as having too high of standards? Like, is there a such thing? I wanna know where you stand on this because I have a lot of friends that have different perspectives on this and one of my friends specifically came to me and said, honestly, um, I'm not going to settle. That was her comment. I got it actually. Um, She's in her 30s, has dated a few men, um, and has felt like, the men that she's dated have either been under her income wise or they've not lived up to what her standards are as a woman. Like they don't, they don't necessarily put a chair for her. They're not doing the gentlemanly things that she was raised because she's from the South. And so there's a certain expectation with how men are supposed to be in general. So she felt like she wasn't getting what she wanted. And I was like, okay, well then lay out what you, what that means to you. And she did. She turned it into a formal list by the way, but she laid it out. So I was interested in understanding if she thought she needed all of these things or just some of them to make sure that the relationship could work. But she felt like she needed all. And I was like, "Ooh, your standards might be a little high. Because here were the three things that I was like, I don't know a lot of guys that can do that. If you come home from a hard day's work, I know there's a bunch of men that be willing to ask you, hey, how your day was. However, I don't know a bunch of men that right away would go let me hang your coat up and let me give you like kind of a massage kind of thing and like let's chat this out like I don't think that that's normal because I'm like on the flip side are you going to be doing that for him she's like oh if I made it home first I'd be willing to do that to him it's like more of a comfort thing and I'm like I'm not saying massages when you get home shouldn't be something that anybody would look forward to but it can not be a requirement in my opinion but who am I to tell you what a requirement is on the flip side she doesn't want to date a guy that doesn't have a master's degree okay fair enough that's you because that's she has she has a master's degree. So that's what she wants. That's a part of her expectation. Um and then on the final note and I also understand this, she doesn't want to date anybody that doesn't at least want two children or more. That that's fair. If that's if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. I can't tell you that's wrong, but then you trying to go up to guys and when you meet them like how many kids you want. You can't do
1: No, that would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So is there so to you though is there a such thing as having too high of standards
1: yes there is sometimes when you have too high of a standards and what you want and perceive that your man should be and it's so high that it's hard for you to get a person that you really want to date i always tell people you know just like you said you know you had her lay her list out and some of those things it's a little bit so far out there that you got to kind of cross off some of those things because sometimes you're not going to just like you just said you know she want a guy that i'm um, gonna massage her make sure she, he hangs her coat up no that's not gonna happen he's not just gonna when you come in the door massage you hang the coat but up do, he might ask you how your day was
0: <laughs> but do you but do you think that if she's grown up and she's seen that in other relationships that that's not okay for her to have that expectation
1: she can have that expectation, but sometimes our our fantasy and what a relationship should be is not in reality of what it really is going to be at the end of the day. If you can get that person, that would be great and I'm happy for you. But that's not necessarily going to happen in everyday life all the time. Maybe one out but, of 10 women might get that. But, but. Do,
0: do you think that means if she's dating somebody that's not doing that, then she's not only being complacent, but going but but dating beneath herself because that's how she takes it she's like I'm dating beneath myself
1: if they cannot do the back rub and, oh
0: but there there's way more than that uh, yeah but there's way they more have
1: to have the the um master's degree you know so she you gotta be to fit be, she, you got to
0: be six foot two you have to be uh you have to dress really well it's like a lot of these things and you have to have nice teeth I, I who am I to say any of that is wrong because wait
1: wait wait you have have nice teeth you gotta yeah. dress really well you know I can understand she's saying that she wants somebody to be at least compatible to her or you know at least you know we can talk and have a good conversation and communicate and be able to talk about things happening in the world and how we feel about each other and what's going yeah. on with us today but at the end of the day If you got that high expectation for somebody, it's going to be very hard for you to find somebody that can meet all those requirements. They can probably meet half of them, but I don't think you're going to find too many people, maybe one out of 10, You're gonna have to be looking for a long time, you're gonna be single for a long time. (laughs) Trying to find that one, trying to find that person that has all those qualities. Because not everybody have every quality that somebody wants. When you meet them, they're not. You either gotta say, Do I love this person? Am I willing to work with this person? Is they willing to work with me and understand my feelings and I understand their feelings? And we'd be able to discuss whatever we agree or disagree on. You have to understand, do you really care about this person? Are you okay? with who they are, and are they okay with who you are?
0: Well, she going to tell you I'm not okay with you if you don't meet my requirements.
1: Well, then she, it'll be a long time before she get a husband.
0: I can't stand you.
1: <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. It's going to be a long time before she gets a husband. Let me know when she gets a husband, okay?
0: You know, okay, when you come back to New York again, I will let you meet said person.
1: Well, then I will be talking to her. Right? Okay. we will have a
0: you, conversation.
1: I, <laughs> I have no problem.
0: Aside from the massage, though, you don't... Is she really asking for too much? Cause I don't the massage thing to me was a lot. But the only reason she even brought the massage thing was because one, she's like, I'm I'm going to do that for him when he gets home. But that's a expecta-
1: reference, honey. That might not be he don't think like you, baby. He did not think okay. like you. All
0: right, fair enough.
1: Everybody thought patterns are different. He ain't thinking about nothing like that when he getting home. He ain't thinking about I'm giving you a back rub. He ain't thinking about <laughs> You know, you, you come home, okay, I'm going to take your coat. No, he on the couch watching TV, chilling, probably trying to relax from the day. Okay. He might not even ask you about your day because he all wound up by this day.
0: Like that, huh? Okay. The last question we have on the docket today, and this is a two-part question. The first question is, as a 50-plus-year-old woman, what will you not put up with now while dating? And then the the second layer of that question is, do you have any advice for younger women and what they should and shouldn't put up with, based on relationships nowadays? So well, let's start with that first question. Like, let's, let's zero in on like. It's going to go
1: into both. It's going to go into
0: well, both, probably. Okay. But, what um, what wouldn't you put up with now? You've, you've been you've been in you've been married before. You know what that is like. You've been in a long term relationship, even outside of that. So, what things now like are just off? like, no, nah, I'm not dealing with that.
1: I'm not dealing with a person that will physically abuse you emotionally, mentally, or be a very controlling person. Those are things that women really need to look for when somebody is trying to mentally abuse you, physically abuse you, and emotionally abuse you. But
0: can we go back to the control part of it? Yes. The control part of it. Like, of course, mental and verbal abuse are way, like, beyond. But... The controlling part of it, what does that mean to you? Like, in what way could a guy be too controlling to you where you're like, "Nah, this is not going to work for me. Like, what things would trigger that for you now?
1: The things that would trigger that for me now, a red flag would be um, you say you're going to get off work at 5 o'clock, right? And then you stop by the store. Your phone is ringing and he's saying, well, you know, you said you was going to be home at 5 from work. And you're not. <laughs> so that right there is saying, wait a minute, oh, I just stopped by the store, What, you got a problem with that? Or
0: That's fair. Well, yeah.
1: They're jealous of your friends and they really don't want you. They don't want you to have any friends or close relatives and they're always saying that, you know, you're believing everything they say, you're not believing them, you're not trusting them, or you're disrespecting them. That's fair.
0: What about what about the fact that now that you've been in the position you're in, you, you own all your everything. Everything you could possibly own right now as a, as a grown up. you own, you can't own more than what you own right now. So I, I would wanna understand, would you not be able to deal with a guy who doesn't own all those things on his end? Like, would you care, would it bother yeah. you at all? Or is it just kinda like, whatever?
1: For me, I would say at the age of 51 that I am today, thank you Lord for that. Um, I would want that person to have their own. You will always want to meet somebody that have their own. We don't want nobody to say they live with their mom or or they're they're just, you know, going (laughs) house to house. And then all of a sudden you meet them and then they want to come in and check up with you. No, that would not be good. You will want a person at least to say that they have worked a job, have their own apartment, have their own car. They have to have their own because then they have to have something to show to give to you what can you give to me if you don't have anything to bring to the table in this relationship like I do then I'm going to be struggling trying to take care of both of us and that's not going to happen
0: but okay wait wait, wait. if if he's coming over your house a lot just like if if there was a girl on the other end coming over my house a lot are you saying you would be uncomfortable with them staying with you, you now mean,
1: you mean living at yeah. my house yeah you got to go <laughs> <laughs> you got to go why does he want to visit? You can come, they and, they visit. You can so come and visit and you can, you know, stay the night, but it's not like you can just, you know, put your toothbrush there, put your clothes there and you're going to stay for a couple of days. No. What, wait. You what, got what, to go home. Why does he? <laughs> Cuz he got his own house. I got my have? own house. <laughs> but you ain't got to stay like you like a week or two. What are you going to What For what? You got a job. <laughs> I got a job, so you got to go home. I don't understand. No, you can't Why? just come and stay. Why do we need to come and
0: stay? Mom, wait. What What if y'all were dating for a year? If y'all dating for a, for year, a year, maybe a and year and we a half. decided we no, wanted to come no, together. And he, and, no, and he was just like, you know, I've been spending more time over here at your place. Your place is even nicer than my place. I'm just gonna stay here a little longer, and he he just stayed over there for like two, three weeks. Would you mind? We
1: would have to have a discussion about that. You because- <laughs> you have to have discussion he's not just gonna say that i'm just gonna wait, come because our wait. place is more cozier than his no why would that have to be a discussion? that means our relationship then went a little bit further and we want to just say okay we want to come together and make one place instead of have two places so we don't have to travel anymore then we're at that point but if we're not at that point then no okay we would have to be at that point to say uh, you know i'm really into you and you're into me but does that I require
0: for you then does that require marriage then if that's going to be the case of he trying to move in that way well
1: for me now okay i'm telling you about me you know a couple of years ago i'm but talking about you're talking you right about now right now you know i'm just going to keep it one thousand with everybody not right even 100, thousand, one hundred a Ten right times
0: now i've been
1: celibate for two years and it has to be that guy has to be the right guy for me now and that guy will be the person that i will probably say okay we'll either have to get married or we'll be you know courting and whatnot but other than that i've been done everything so right now i'm okay with myself i'm in tune with myself and i know what i want to do and i'm not settling or standing for anything right now so if you're going to come at me you got to come at me poli- politically correct
0: okay so. all right okay well then what advice do you have for younger women now like i i think the dating uh channel and the dating lane in itself has changed so much since you were doing most of your heavy dating in your younger years you know what i mean like what do you have advice wise for them because now online dating is very heavy People don't even necessarily have to approach you anymore in person. Uh, everything swipe left, swipe right, or you know, DM somebody or message them in some way, text message, hit me up on social media, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's different. So, should there still be an expectation? Should women still have the expectation that the guy needs to approach first? Like that would be my first question to you because um, I know times are different. But if you like a, if you were say you were 21 right now, or you were 22, 23, whatever, or you were 30, um, would you would you change the way that you go about trying to get a guy, or would you just say, hey, yes, he, he still has to come to me, he starts to do that work, like, where would you be at with that?
1: I can only speak for self, because when I was 21, 25, and 30, I'm an aggressive person, so if I like that person, I will approach that person. If they well, don't want to get me the mama. time of the day, then I move on. <laughs> But it is, you know, other women that I know, friends, family, that know that that person should approach them and they should court them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I say if you really like somebody and you really have that chemistry, you feel like, you know, y'all can, you know, have a little relationship, get the talking, then you got to make that effort. Because if you don't, you won't ever know. And then somebody else might get them. So I look at it like this I would approach them, I have no problem with
0: that. But then on on the flip side, does. Does courting still need to take place in your mind in this day and age?
1: It would still take place. You know, even if I pursued that guy, we would still have to, you know, go on a date, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, if I got to go pick him up or he got to come pick me up because I'm the person who pursued it or whatever. And pick a place to eat and talk and chat, go to the park, whatever we do. Yes, it takes time. And then you call me, I call you. None of that texting. I just no, no I think texting. it's more personal if I can talk to you on the phone or if I can talk to you in person. What I never you, know your expressions if you just texting me.
0: So what do you say to like people? And there could be men and women on both sides of this that say, I don't like talking on the phone. What do you say to them though? if, if they're like I only want to text or we meet up in person. That's the only there's Okay, the only they route. wanna meet up in person? That's it. There's the okay, only, well, your only two options. Okay, well then they still got a
1: connection. They're they're gonna meet up in person. So to me, to me, that's more personal. If mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody on the phone, if you're meeting up, text is impersonal. You really don't, you know. You can just say anything. You're looking at the text. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to them right now. But imagine or, this. I'm, let me, I'm, I can just say anything to them. But on let me text. put the
0: scenario out there because this is real life. This is something I've experienced as a single guy when I was uh, doing heavy dating, etc when you put yourself out there as a guy, or even as a girl for that matter, and you don't know somebody, it's the first time you guys are interacting. Once they have your information, you have their information. It's up to one of you guys to like, actually reach out to the other one. Yes. Now whoever approached them, the, the other person normally reaches out to the other person. Right. right? Let's say that starts with a text initially, like, hey, hope you make it home safe, whatever. Yeah. The next day, uh, that hope you, uh, you make it home safe comment turns into, oh, how are you doing? How's your day looking? Hopefully everything's going well with you. Blah, blah, blah. It turns into a small talk. And the person might give them a little something like, oh, my day was fine. My day was well. It was okay. I'm not giving you too much detail because they don't know you. They don't know you from Adam. Mm-hmm. So, okay. At the point that you don't know them and they still don't know you, what's the next step? Maybe having a conversation to get to know them further. Here's the issue. And I've said this to numerous guys and girls know how I feel about this as well. My biggest thing is if you're taking somebody out on a first date and you don't know them, I'm sad for you. I, would, I always tell people, get to know people before you actually go on a first date. And the way to do that, there's multiple ways. One, talk to them on the phone. You can talk to them on the phone and then find out, ah, this isn't gonna work for me because I don't even like the conversation that you have. You're boring, whatever. All those negatives. Or two, if they don't want to talk on the phone, which some people don't, they want to meet in person. If you're going to meet in person, I call that a meetup. Because you still don't know each other. This is not a date. A date, you actually know something about the person. They know something about you. You guys are, you guys have a, a conversation flow already. It's it's good to have. But a meetup is somewhere, a centralized location where both of you can have tea, people, coffee, whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of people around. Yes, you can yes, give drinks, definitely. whatever. That's a meetup. Yeah. That, that, that is where I always go with it. But other people feel like that's a cheap out because... That's still to them the first date, and I'm like, if that's your first date, you don't know that person, so that's basically like going on a blind date. That's not. That's going that's, on a to blind me that's date. Not
1: a first date. You just you you're actually getting to know one another. You're asking questions and and doing that. You know, you're just saying, well, you know, hey, lunch, let's do lunch.
0: Okay, and going into that, I would I would like to know, as far as dating is concerned with the the youth. Do you feel like there has to be uh, more transparency in order to make a relationship work now? Because now we have social media, so a lot of things can be seen online. So I'd like to know, like, is it is it bigger for you to know more about what's going on with somebody or enough to where as you, you can just trust them? Do you know what I mean by that? Because I can give you context.
1: Well, I look at it like this. If... <laughs> If I meet somebody and they give me their name, Mm -hmm. their whole name, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'll probably Google them.
0: All right. Well, there goes that.
1: (laughs) It's because of my environment that I work. I I would probably just do a background check. That's just what I would do. That's just how I would feel about the situation.
0: Ladies, there you go. My mom is uh, Queen. I will background check you. I will search for your information. Yes. Oh, God. Well,
1: I need to know something about you.
0: Okay. Uh, how about ask the question? How about get well, on?
1: That's what I'm saying. I would talk to them and everything. We would, we're gonna talk on the telephone.
0: Did you still gonna Google them?
1: I'm still gonna. I can't. Google them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna Google them. I might know your whole name, your family. I might know a little bit about your sisters and brothers. Oh god! But at the end of the day, if I really wanna know some stuff about you, I have to Google you, and then I have to meet your family they're right. gonna tell tell everything. Because it's gonna be somebody in the family that's gonna talk a little bit too much. Oh, I
0: can't. All right. Well, ladies, uh, that is my mom's advice. And just like that, that is the end of our episode. Uh, The music is playing. You guys know where to hit us up. Uh, Get us on Google Play at Goodnight Harlem. Get us on iTunes at Goodnight Harlem. Uh, You can find us on all social media, Instagram, uh, anywhere, Twitter. And just like that, good night. Good
1: night.